You're listening to the This Is How We See It podcast with your host, Eric Lee. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe. Now, here's Eric. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Welcome to it. My name is Eric Lee, and I thank you once again for spending just a little bit of your time with me. So let's get right to it. I am sure that most of you have heard by now that there has been an arrest in the murder of Tupac Shakur. I, I want to go back to the beginning. That's my topic for, for today. Um, I want to go back to the beginning. And, you know, it's, it was great because some of the information um, that I have now, I didn't even know uh, when, when it happened. So on September 7th, 1996, at 11.15 p.m., Tupac Shakur, who was 25 at the time, was fatally shot in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas, Nevada. The shooting occurred when the car he was riding in was stopped at a red light at East Flamingo Road and Coval Lane. Tupac had attended the Bruce Selden versus Mike Tyson boxing match with Suge Knight, the head of Death Row Records, at the MGM Grand. Tupac was struck four by four rounds, fired from a 40 caliber Glock, two in the chest, one in the arm, and one in the thigh. He died from his wounds six days later. On September 29th, which is just a couple of days ago, 2023, Dwayne Keith D. Davis was arrested after being indicted by a grand jury for the first degree murder of Tupac Shakur. As far back as 1998, Dwayne Keith Davis was telling a cable channel that he was a front seat passenger in a car from which a fellow passenger fired the shots that killed Tupac. In 2009, Davis, known as Keith D for short, confessed to police a role in the case, according to a former detective who investigated the shooting. But authorities couldn't immediately use the information. And then, after what police say was a reinvigorated investigation, Davis, who is now 60, was arrested in Las Vegas on Friday, which last Friday, the 29th, with a grand jury indicting him 
in the case on charges of murder with use of a deadly weapon. The arrest comes some 27 years after the rapper was shot as he was leaving the boxing match on the Las Vegas Strip. 27 years. The shooting on September 7th, 1996, was a retaliatory attack on Tupac, police said in Friday's news conference. Authorities allege that Davis plotted and orchestrated the shooting in a matter of hours after the rapper and others attacked Davis's nephew that same day. And I think you guys can remember, and I certainly can remember video from that. I believe Tupac was wearing like a white shirt and some white pants or something like that. I, I think he was. Davis, who is the only suspect in the case who is still alive, police say. He has said in a memoir that he's one of two living witnesses, with the other being a record label boss who was driving Tupac, which we know is Suge Knight. Jason Johansson, a Las Vegas homicide lieutenant, said at a recent press conference that over the last five years, we've conducted countless interviews and corroborated numerous facts that were not only consistent with the crime scene on the night of the incident, but also consistent with the sequence of events that night. Here's what we know about Davis and what led up to the shooting and his indictment and arrest. Davis was the shot caller, police said. Tupac's shooting stems from a conflict between two gangs based in Compton, California. So a conflict in California spills over into Nevada. Tupac and Suge Knight, then the CEO of the rapper's label, Death Row Records, were affiliated with the Mob Piru gang in Compton. Davis was affiliated with the Southside Compton Crips, he added. So these were the two rival gangs. Tupac was in Las Vegas to attend a Mike Tyson boxing match at MGM Grand Hotel. We already said that. An event that Davis and his nephew, Orlando Anderson, also attended. After the match, members of Death Row Records saw Anderson near the elevator bank inside the hotel, approached him, and began kicking and punching him, Johansson said at the press conference, where he showed hotel surveillance footage of the altercation. That's the same one we all saw. They've been playing that since 1996. Tupac and Suge were visible among the men who attacked Anderson. 
Both crews left the hotel after the fight with Tupac and his group headed to a post-fight party at a nightclub. When Davis learned of the attack on his nephew, Davis began to devise a plan to obtain a firearm and retaliate against Suge Knight and Tupac, police say. After securing a gun from a close associate, Davis got into a white Cadillac with Terrence Brown, DeAndre Smith, and his nephew, Anderson. While in the car, Davis handed the gun to the passengers in the rear seat of the vehicle, Johansson says. Eventually, the group tracked down the car Tupac and Knight were in, drove alongside their black BMW, and gunshots were fired from the Cadillac into the BMW, striking Tupac four times. He died as we know, six days later. Dwayne Davis was the shot caller for this group of individuals that committed this crime. He orchestrated the plan that was carried out to commit this crime. Anderson and Smith were both in the back of the Cadillac, according to the indictment against Davis, but it does not specify who pulled the trigger? Anderson denied involvement in the killing to CNN before his death in a gang-related shooting in 1998. So he would die two years after Tupac. Knight is in prison on a manslaughter charge in an unrelated case. Davis placed himself at the crime scene in a 1998 interview with BET where Davis said he was in the front seat of the car from which the shots were fired. Hmm. Going to keep it for the cold of the streets, David replied when asked who pulled the trigger. It just came from the back seat, bro. Now, you know. He knew good and well who he handed that gun to and who pulled the trigger. Then more than a decade later, Davis confessed to police a role in the shooting in 2019, I'm sorry, in 2009, and Greg Caden, a former police detective who investigated the case. But his statement could not be used as evidence because it was made under a proffer agreement, Caden said to CNN. A proffer is an, is an agreement in which a suspect agrees to provide potentially useful information in an investigation, but the statements made generally cannot be used as evidence against the suspect. Additionally, a memoir penned by Davis, a copy of which was seized in July during a police search of the Nevada home of Davis's wife, describes Davis and Knight as the only two living witnesses 
the Tupac shooting. During the search of the home, police seized several tablets, an iPhone, and five computers. Authorities also took USB and hard drives, photographs, and a copy of a magazine issue about none other than Tupac. Almost like he was keeping like souvenirs. An affidavit requesting a search warrant states that at the time, police were looking for notes, writings, ledgers, and other handwritten or typed documents concerning television shows, documentaries, YouTube episodes, book manuscripts, and movies concerning the murder of Tupac Shakur. The decades-old case gained renewed focus in 2018, particularly because Davis was talking about it publicly and the emergence of new information, officials said. Davis's own admissions to his involvement in this homicide investigation that he provided to numerous different media outlets helped reignite the investigation, Johansson said at the press conference. Davis participated in a 2018 Netflix documentary on Tupac's homicide and released his memoir in 2019. Detective Kading said he began to go out and publicly boast about his involvement in the murder. And that led law enforcement in Las Vegas to take another look at his claims. And ultimately, he's talking himself right into jail. Johansson said this was likely our last time to take a run at this case, to successfully solve this case and bring forth a criminal charge. So because of your mouth, you are now in jail for murder for something that happened back in 1996. I bet you he thought he had escaped. See, this is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. See, y'all have heard me say so many times that you reap what you sow. And sometimes the reaping happens immediately, but sometimes the reaping doesn't happen immediately. Sometimes it takes 27 years for you to reap what you sow. Y'all know I got to mention Grandma Lula. She used to tell me all the time, remember I told y'all this, if you didn't talk so much, people wouldn't know you were so stupid. Or in this case, people would know you wouldn't be in so much trouble. The Bible says that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit 
before a fall. Bragging, bragging, bragging about his involvement in, in, in the murder. Out talking out in, in, in public, bragging about it. How many people do we know have let their pride be their doom? I also think that it's important to keep yourself from trouble. At least as much as you can. Don't add, you know. Sometimes we can be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Grandma Lula used to always say to me, you do what's right in spite of what everyone else is doing. You don't have to follow the crowd. Now, I'm not saying that because Tupac helped beat someone up that he deserved to die. But I will tell you that the Bible also says that if you live by the sword, you'll also die by the sword. I'm just glad that some justice has been served. Now, if we can get Biggie's murder solved, that would be great. Well, that's my show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. First things first, I pop freaks, all the honeys, dummies, playboy bunnies, those wanting money. Those the ones I like, cause they don't get Nathan but penetration. Unless it smells like sanitation, garbage, I turn like doorknobs. Heart throb never, black and ugly as ever. However, I say Gucci down to the socks, rings and watch filled with rocks. And my jam knocking the Mitsubishi. Girl, teepee when they see me, never whole creep me in they teepee. As I lay down laws like Island Coppet, stop it. If you think they're gonna make a profit, don't see my ones, don't see my guns.